This is uh, Adam Harrison, and this is the Handcrafted Guitar Builder. Um, uh, today I'm going to be talking with um, Tom's Flipping Guitars, otherwise known as Guitarman. Um, just got him, got there you go, got him beeping there on hold at the moment. Um, just while I've, um, while I'm, uh, just before I start the interview I suppose, just wanted to thank everybody who's... Um, been continuing to listen and uh, joining the group and joining and uh, signing up for um, the podcasts. Um, very big thanks. It's been a bit of a transition uh, for me and um, even today it's a little bit of a metaphor because I'm sitting here in the only free place I've got in the house to do the podcast and weather has decided to throw a thunderstorm at me. So um, we'll see how we go. Hopefully things will be okay. Um, Thanks again, and I uh, hope you enjoy the uh, enjoy the interview. All right, well we are uh, we're back, and we are here with. Now I'm gonna have to get this right because I I know you was is the guitarman, and I know you was yeah. Tom's flipping guitars. But what what's your actual name? My name's Tom Holbin. Uh, I'm from Tiffin, Ohio, here in the U.S. Uh, yeah, that's a couple of podcasts actually that I listen to. I think based out of Ohio. I think the um, is it the the guitar knobs is out of Ohio, isn't it? Yeah, like Todd Novak and Jared Brandon. That's yeah. it. Yeah, no, that I love that show. Um, I f- think I found that show about probably about two months ago. Or something like that, and I've just yeah. been—I've just been listening to all the back episodes, and uh, there's been some really, really good ones. You're, um, I'm jumping, so this—I <laughs> feel sorry for Tom because every time I speak to people and organise the organise the podcast, I give a list of questions, and then I just go off on a tangent. So, just, <laughs> if I do that, say so shut up and get back on topic. <laughs> You're fine, man. <laughs> I do that with my teaching as well. My kids sometimes they look at me with a, with a blank look in their face, and I realise I've gone off topic. So, <laughs> right, yeah. All right. Well, apologies, but we've had some small technical difficulties here. But um, as in my, it's everything stopped recording. Let's go back. Let's like let's go back, Tom. Tom, where can we find you, yeah. mate? Where, where's the best place to find you? Um, the best place. I post all of my stuff from my Instagram, which is at guitarman with no A's. It's at G-U-I-T-R-M-N. And then that posts directly to my Twitter feed and my uh, Facebook page, which is Tom Flippin' Guitar Shop, uh, spelled T-O-M-Z, Flippin' Guitar Shop. But all that stuff is connected, so I have little work with social media to do as possible. <laughs> All right, awesome, man, awesome. And I must say a big thank you. So we're going back. We're kind of doubling up, guys. Every, everybody is listening. We've kind of had a bit of a conversation. It was um, to, we're just going back. We're going to catch up a little bit. Um, a big thank you to you too, mate. Because at, at the end of the day, this is um, you know we initially were called the Cigar Box Guitar Builder Podcast. We've changed the name of the show to the Handcrafted Guitar Builder, and you're one of the reasons that we've done that because I think the idea that I always wanted was to talk about to talk to builders and discuss building initially discuss building cigar box guitars. But the more I've kind of gotten back into building electric guitars, I found there's such a connection between you know between the two different building styles that um, I just, it just felt like a natural progression. So. The simple fact that I can talk to somebody like yourself 
uh, who's you know who was building some fantastic instruments. Um, <laughs> we can see some great connections. So, what do we want to know at the moment? I suppose what what currently what have you got on the bench at the moment? All right. Um, so let's see. I've got about one, two, three, four, five, six, six projects going up on all at once right now. Uh, I was supposed to finish up uh, this Telecaster today, but I filed off a little bit too much of the nut, and I've got some fret buzz, so I have to replace the nut on that, and I'm currently out of nuts. <laughs> I've lost my nuts. <laughs> um, it's, a, it's a custom telly. Uh, it's, it's got a bird's eye maple neck on it and a maple fingerboard. Um, the the guy that gave me the wood for this, um, he's been, he's he's had a farm now for several decades in his family, and his uh, grandpa cut down a couple of ash trees, and you know had the horses haul them up to the barn, and his grandpa milled them by hand and stored them in his barn since like 1980. So there's about 55 board foot of ash just sitting around waiting to be uh, used that I needed some I needed some more wood and knew that I was building so basically what I'm, I'm doing is I'm building this guitar for him in exchange for the wood so it's pretty cool it's got a, a pick card on it that is actually his grandpa's old license plate uh, from one of the one of the farm vehicles and I'm using that as the, the pick guard on it and uh, Jared Brandon of Brandon Wild Pickup Pickups here in uh, Columbus, Ohio. He uh, custom wound the pickups for me. So that's uh, that's what's currently on, and and uh, I've got about five or six more that are just hanging up, waiting to be worked on. So now you've got um, that's cool, man, and I I. I suggest that everyone jump onto the um jump onto your instagram feed because there's some absolutely awesome um photographs that you're doing to show the progression of the build um because i know that, that one of the thing, things that that attracted me to your work actually was the use of the number plates because that's in cigar box guitar building using things like that is kind of it's par for the course for cigar box guitar yeah. builders but to see something like that on being used on like a Telecaster body, um, that's actually really interesting. And I, I think the the reason that I found out about you was actually I think because you were mentioned on the on the Luthierist podcast. Yeah, and yeah. which must have been a bit of a hoot. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Uh, I looked up to Paul big time, man, and uh, he. I had a question on there, and that was like about a year or two ago. And uh, yeah, he mentioned me on there briefly because I had a question, I think, or something like that. So um, yeah, <laughs> Paul's a great, great inspiration. Well, the the Luthierist podcast is the reason that I actually do this podcast. Um, yeah. It's the very first podcast that I started listening to, and I suppose it was um, it was Sully who. Uh, <laughs> who kind of yeah? Who kind of put me onto it because I was watching um, his guitar garage, and yeah. was, you remember that little promo he did? He had the headphones in, and he just said, "Oh, I'm listening to the Lutherist podcast." Yeah, <laughs> and it's funny. It's a small world, isn't it? Really, you know. It's crazy. I don't know what went on there. I don't know what went on there. It's just it's um, it's yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a bit of a shame. It's a bit of a shame. But at the same time, I think. Um, I think with what Paul's doing now with the podcast, there's there's more. I think there's more variety now at the moment, um, and the way he's you know, and he, the fact he's now branching out into um, uh, acoustic guitar builders and talking to acoustic builders as well. I think that's kind of quite cool. Yeah, Paul. Just, I think I think Paul just had to move up to um, Portland, I think, or Oregon, right? Yeah, I think he went up to he went up to Veritas Guitars, right? And um, and he just he just put tweeted a he just popped a tweet out a, um, about a, you know a few days ago saying he was actually leaving there. Um, 
I just really hope he's able to get back into building his guitars again. So uh, this is <laughs> this has become the Luthierist podcast version seven. So <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the Australian version. <laughs> yeah. I don't. Know, I'm just such a big fan, you know. Yeah. And I, I'm yeah. just a fan of all the shows. And and the guitar knobs is another one. And that's where. Um, uh, Brand of Wound Pickups uh, comes into it because I've been looking them up and, and it's amazing the amount of um, uh, I suppose the amount of uh, things you can find through the po- you know, through using podcasts and stuff like that and how have you found his pickups the Brand of Wound Pickups well I uh, I I went down to a guitar show in Columbus uh, a couple of years ago to kind of check it out and uh i looked around and i said you know what i could probably set up a table here you know and at least show off my work if if not you know get some sales going or get my name out there because i'm not really you know hitting the pavement too hard trying to you know push push my brand or anything yet and uh i went down there and was was meeting people and met jared he's a he's a former military man like myself so he and i got along pretty well and eventually i I, you know rented some tables down there and i i think i've been to two or three shows you know with with my own brand so Mm. to speak and uh when i was down there i i was like hey man we gotta do something together and it's not it hasn't been exactly like a let's get together, chat and collaborate type thing. It's basically been, you know, Hey, I know you build pickups. So I just went to his website and bought some pickups. You know what I mean? But just, uh, you know, not, it, it's just, there's a, a, a connection there because I know who he is and, you know, now I bought his product and, and really, really like the, like the pickups. Yeah. I'm interested in, in looking at some of those, um, those P90s because I'm I've kind of got in the back of my head a um a, an idea of doing a like a telly style with um with uh, with P90s and uh, yeah that'd be kind of cool I'm thinking maybe a P90 in the in the bridge or something and a you know something like a, a mini humbucker in the neck or something like that so I've got these kind of thoughts going around and it's uh, it was cool when I saw it because I was going through your Instagram feed and I was looking and I and I saw Brown and went pick up because I know that I know that guy yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got a I've got a, well, it's kind of like a telly, but it's, it, instead of being like having that upper bout cut and formed, it's, it looks more like a cross between a telly and a LP junior. Yeah, that's but beautiful. That, that's what, I, that's what I call my T-bone, uh, nickname a buddy of mine gave me, but I, I have a T-bone right now that is routed out for two P90s. So I'm going to put a, like a half bridge in that. And uh, set the rest up like a telly. Yeah, but, uh, it's it's walnut that I got from. It was donated farm wood to our school, and our school didn't want it, so I took it off their hands yep. because it it looked all like splintered up and it looked bad, nasty. But once once you you squared it up and everything, it's this gorgeous walnut. Mm. And I can uh, see it. That's the one on the blue and white striped towel on the Instagram feed. Uh, it might be. Uh, that blue and white towel is probably out there a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's, there's two next to each other. I think one's got a walnut neck. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I know exactly the sh- the shot you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's uh, I haven't, I hadn't, I wanted to try to do some binding, and I had some s- scraps on that leftover ash, and I just cut up some ribbons from that and. Uh, tried binding and now it's bound with natural wood so it uh it came out okay you can see some seams you know what i mean but it's a start (laughs) it's not like do you know what here's the funny thing though man i mean see to me to me i and this maybe it's because i come from a cigar box guitar building background i've been doing that for about three years three or you know three or so years now nearly four years See, I like that. Yeah. To me, it's very, um, it's very organic, and I tend to personally, I tend to steer away from instruments which kind of have that pristine gloss, and that mm-hmm. um, you know, and that 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 very 
robotic, I don't know, the word maybe is robotic look about it. Whereas yeah. this to me, this to me shows the maker's mark. This to me shows, you know, there's, I, I'm not going to worry. I, I'm going to throw this guitar over my head. I'm going to throw, you know, I'm going to play this. I'm going to thrash this guitar and I'm actually just going to yeah. enjoy it. And I'm not going to worry when I put it down, you know, I'm going to take yeah. care of it. But yeah. I can imagine, I'm looking at that wood now and I can see that and I just, because I want to get on to finishing in a little bit because I didn't write that down. I'm going to, I will ask you about your finishing. Do you think, do you um, machine your timber yourself? Yeah, I, uh, I, between hand planes and, uh, you know, table saws, I, I pretty much mill it down and square it up myself. And then I, uh, my router, man, that is, I use my router more than anything to shape bodies. I have templates that I use and I, uh, yeah, everything's done by hand. Mm. Do you do you your know, own? I mean, I, I guess I use power tools, but I'm, I don't, I don't have any sort of like, you know, computerized shaping. You know, they call it CNC. I yeah. guess. Yeah. So you the know. the thing for me is that uh, I look at when someone says I use, you know, I use a CNC machine to, you know, to cut my necks out, to cut my bodies out. That doesn't bother me. That doesn't bother me in the slightest because I'm not one of those people personally. I, I don't look at CNC machines as 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 the devil. You know what no, I mean? I, to me, it's 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 another tool, but it's a tool that helps in 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 that kind of I suppose that essence of 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 mass production because big time. yeah. And I think once you get to a particular size as a as a guitar company, when you're building, I think as soon as you start building and you're upwards of a hundred guitars a year, or getting up there, or even you know fifty or sixty guitars a year, yeah. I, I think that I think you don't. I, I think if I think it's almost impossible to do unless you have a CNC. But the thing is, you still yeah. need to finish it by hand. It's yeah. just the cutout, you know. It's an extension. Of, it's just an extension to me of a of a um, of a you know a, a a router and a router table. It's just it's just taking sure. it to the next step because you, you'll get purists who say, "Well, no, I I only you know." I only use hand tools to cut out my bodies and things like that. And I'm I'm not saying this in a negative way. Uh, for example, um, uh, Shaw Guitars, you know, um, uh, what's it, Nikolai? I think it's Nikolai from Shaw Guitars, uh, who I'm such a huge fan of. He's I think he's based in Germany. He's got uh, another podcast um, in the making, uh, another podcast called In the Making, which is, have you heard that one? No, I haven't. It's, I'll check it out. Yeah, it's really good. It's a bit, it's a, it's a bit artsy. It's him and um, uh, Millimetric, the guy from uh, the guy from Millimetric Guitars up in Canada. Oh, yeah, it's the, it's yeah. those two guys, and um, they've he does uh, Nikolai just does the most beautiful guitars that the Owl, and they're really kind of um, they're quite they're quite eccentric in their own way. But he hand does everything. Like he he hand cuts the timber. He hand, like and the amount of work it takes him months and months and months and months and months. Man, I'm not patient enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not rich enough, so that's yeah. why I do everything with like you know a router and a table saw. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But it doesn't it doesn't hurt you, mate. I'm telling you because it's if I'm looking, you know your your setup. You are you. Your workshop itself is that enclosed? Yeah, it's my basement in my house. So um, I can see the brick walls, concrete floors, yeah. or concrete floors or dirt floors. Uh, concrete floors. Yeah, it's it's a house that was built in 1900, so it's it's a partial basement. Yep. And uh, they they used to have a big old cold bin where you know the the furnace would would burn the coal, and so there's not a lot of not a lot of space, man. <laughs> yeah. I've never measured it, but it's it's not real big. But yeah, you know, it, it it's enough for what I you know want to use it for. Well, you you one up on me, mate, because I've got a hole under the house. I'm sitting under the house at the moment, and I, I'm I've got the joists above me. It's high though, you know. I'm talking to a I'm talking to a bloke at the moment, a uh, good friend I know, um, and we're talking about. Uh, completing the concrete because half of it's concreted the other half's the other half's dirt so basically um everything has to fit onto the concrete 
uh, so I can sweep it up because I don't want to bring termites in and things like that. Mind you, we're up on steel stilts, so it's okay. We're not going to get termites up on steel stilts. But, um, you know, yeah, it's 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 a nice setup when you're able to, you know, when you've got that. And that's it's, it looks good, man. It's Thanks. It's, you know, and you've got, you were just saying you've got a coal, what's that, the coal chute or the coal? Yeah, the coal bin, that's, I mean, it's not here anymore, but the, the whole basement is built like there's this island in the middle where all you know, they would you know shovel the coal in so that when the furnace would would burn in the winter they could just come down and chuck a bunch of coal on the furnace yeah I so think... they would store that they would store that down here yeah so that's something we don't get in australia we don't have anything like that it never gets cold no. enough <laughs> um and it's colder than anything right now man because we just had about six inches of snow oh. <laughs> Yeah. Which which is kind of a bum deal because like right when you're ready to finish your guitar you have to wait for the weather to turn because yeah. unless you have a proper setup down here which I don't uh, you know I got to do that outside in the summertime so yeah I I completely understand I I'm basically open on three sides to the elements so if it's wet or if if it's been raining or if it's you know if it's too cold yeah. or if it's too misty it's Everything's got to stay under the tarps. I've I've got a kind of time, especially during winter. Winter's one of the worst because I've got to time it um, to put oils on because I can't take the you know I can't take the oils up into the house for finishing and things like that because um, it just stinks the house out and um, yeah. you know the kids are all asthmatic and stuff like that so I can't take any of that sort of stuff up. So I often have customers that will contact me saying, "Is that you know is that guitar ready yet? Is that it's well." <laughs> No, it's not ready yet, and it's because I've 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 haven't I've had to wait for the right time to, to oil the neck. I can give it to you raw, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah. But you won't want it raw. You it's, want a little bit of a finish. In about two months, that's <laughs> it. You know, it's like ah, I've got a turnover at the moment on on between four and six weeks for like my my prestige level cigar box guitar. Because yeah. it, you know it needs to be finished. It needs like it's it's a cigar box body. It's a reinforced body, so it's kind of like a kind of like a little mini acoustic with a little frame on the inside of the of the cigar box. And but the neck itself as well, it all needs to be it all needs to be sanded right, and all needs to be oiled right. It all needs you know, and it, the fretting all needs to be done properly. And and all of that can only happen when you've got when you've got the right you know when you've got the right weather conditions. And it's like ah, thank God summer's here. Thank God, so yeah. I'm going to pump these things yeah. out. <laughs> I, I, I tried to finish some of the stuff using nitro. Yep. Uh, and and I have a, I've got a compressor and I've got some some paint guns from you know that that do the trick. But um, I you you really have to be careful with the humidity. Otherwise, you know you have to to strip it all down because it starts blushing and. Yeah, there's there's a product out there called uh, Blush Eraser. I think it's by Balin. Um, I really like that. Saved that saved me a couple times from having to start all over again. Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, yeah. Finishing is when you're at the mercy of the weather. It's it's kind of a it's kind of a trick. Yeah. I wish I could do it down here, but you know we have a gas furnace, so if I start spraying, you know, flammable. <laughs> Vapors, we we, might. <laughs> we liter- literally could flip the shop. <laughs> you know, I know that it's very. I was watching. Um, I was watching Crimson Guitars. Uh, in the UK. Oh man. And they, and they. Sorry, man. Yeah, Crimson is awesome. Go uh, ahead. I've, uh, I, I've, I've been supporting his. I've been supporting him for a long time i've kind of been in the in the guild and i never really used the um the guild but what i've done now is i've I flipped i was paying into the guild which i never used because it was it was web-based um but I, I i ended up signing up as a patron and um like with birdwood guitars so if you ever see the little flip up that's birdwood guitars that's me it's like yes i'm famous no i'm not <laughs> but anyway as he says i digress um one of the things that 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 he's done recently was he uh, he had that uh, kit guitar and he burnt the tele kit guitar and he burnt the body. 
Yeah. And I just had this imagine, just this imagine flow of, you know, that happening in your workshop and using the nitro, and then the next six months worth of guitars coming out of, you know, out of Tom's <laughs> flipping guitars were all burnt bodies. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, just the way that production run went. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> little so, history, little story behind that one. Yeah. <laughs> so, get, so I suppose I, I really want to find out of uh, how did you end up getting inspired to build your first guitar? How did you fall into this this horrible, horrible trap that we can't escape from? Um. Well, I, uh, you know, when I was in high school, my dad had a guitar, and I was like, man, I want to learn how to play this. It was, it was a twelve-string Gibson, and it was just. It was painful, painful to play because the action was really, really high and, and 12 strings, of course. So, um, you know, I, I ended up, my grandpa had a, uh, a classical, so that was more comfortable to play, but it wasn't loud enough. And then, you know, that, that kind of went by the wayside when I went to the military and so forth. But uh, eventually when I got out I taught myself classical technique and then majored in guitar at college you know when I was getting my teaching degree that was my major applied area of performance and uh, you know you get a job and then you can't you know play your guitars as much as you want to and then you can't afford them as much because you don't have enough time to you know spend with them and so I, I some some guy was throwing a guitar electric guitar out in the trash and I grabbed it and I started taking it apart and trying to figure out the, the, the different things and I was like man I should buy a kit and you know learn how this whole thing goes together so I did that and I got about three kits into that hobby and I started looking at the bodies and I thought to myself I could do this myself I don't need to pay you know, for a kid, I can just buy a neck and then buy the electronics. I can build the bodies myself. So that that's kind of how it all started. Now, <laughs> I uh, last summer I, I decided I was going to learn how to build a neck, carve a neck, and fret the fretboard and all that stuff. So now I'm I'm building the necks and the bodies all myself, and it's. Uh, it's been quite a journey. <laughs> They're looking great. How do you shape the neck? Um, so I basically get a, what, three inch by uh, three quarter inch blank. And I have a, I just have this, like, it's almost like cardboard thin MDF, which is like a template. But I, I trace it and then I rough cut it with a bandsaw and, uh, double side tape the template to the to the uh, the blank um, once I get the truss rod uh, routed out the truss rod cavity routed out you know because you gotta get your center line route out for the truss rod and then uh, I use the template to shape it and then you gotta have a fingerboard ready for it so um but once once the once the neck is shaped and everything, I just I carve it with some old files that my grandpa was thrown out, and um, they look a lot like Stu Max dragon rasps. Yep. But they're but they're old. I mean, really, really old. Um, I want to say they're probably like old Sears files and rasps from like 30s and 40s maybe but uh i use those and then i recently got a um, what do you call them a spoke shave so i'm doing all the all the profiles and stuff like that by hand and carving that with um rasps and spoke shaves what kind of um what kind of shape do you like on the neck um <clears throat> I kind of it's it's weird I I want to say it's a C I, I don't actually have like one of those what do you call those things all the little pins on it that you no, I don't either <laughs> you know you know what I'm talking about yeah, I don't um, think I'd know how to use it anyway I can't see I think for me it's a feel thing yeah yeah um yeah basically 
I, I start at the first fret and the 12th fret and I figure out like, you know, I, I, I file that down to where I want it. And then I just, it's a matter of removing all the material in between. Mm. Um, I think I want to say it's like a C type shape, but it might be more of a D. Yep. Um, yeah, I just did one. My, sorry, you go. My biggest problem is the transition from like the square part of the neck to the curved part, like r- right at the nut and right at the where the body joins. You yeah, know, I'm having a hard hard time making that transition, but yeah, everything everything in between I think is looking pretty good. Mm. I've had a couple people play it and they like it, but. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Well, I saw on your Instagram feed there was a there's a picture of you and Cindy from uh, Carmine Street Guitars. Yeah, there's a story there. Yeah, uh, I'm a band director for uh, a school in Finley, Ohio, Liberty Benton, and we we take the choir and the band kids on like a, a short trip every two years, and we we decided a couple of years ago that we were going to go to New York. And while I was up in New York, um, I, I, had, I started following Cindy on Instagram and, and Facebook and that. And um, I was reading about Rick Kelly's guitars, which are just, that's a fantastic story. Uh, he's my hero. He's, he's one of my absolute heroes. I love that guy. And I love that show. You see, you've been to the store. Yeah, I've been there. I hate you. Um, Interview over. here's here's the thing like you 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 see all their instruments and you you know you think oh man it must just be a gigantic place there it's it's barely a one-car garage wide and maybe two-car garage deep oh my god it's just it's a hole in the wall but the front part is the store yeah and then the back part is where they have I'm sure you've seen Cindy's videos yeah. that she has on Instagram, but um, yeah, she's Rick Kelly's apprentice, and she's been there for like five or six years, maybe. She is she's really really neat. I walked up the the kids had some free time in New York, so I said, well, I'm gonna walk up there and I'm gonna meet Cindy. I'm gonna meet Rick, and so I was message, messaging her on Instagram, and yeah, and went up there and hung out for about. I I only had like you know. 20, 30 minutes to uh, hang out, eat lunch, and get back. But I, I made a point. I said, "Man, I gotta go up there." Yeah. And uh, yeah, they I... have. Rick has this thing where he shapes the bodies. I don't know if you've seen it. This oh. big wagon wheel type thing. Oh, the pin router. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, but... <laughs> it looks terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, it's. But he just like drags that around, you know, and kind of. Uh, profiles the the bodies that way, but I mean they're totally down to earth people. There, you know, you go up there thinking, oh my gosh, I'm I'm meeting this like deity, and it's in and of itself. And they're just they're just people hanging out doing what they love. You know, and, she's just amazing with that pyrography that she does the, with the burning. Oh, I know. Oh. Have Have you seen the Grateful Dead? Um, I haven't seen that one, but I saw some of the Led Zeppelin stuff that she's been doing lately. It's just incredible. Yeah, yeah. and there's there's a Les Paul uh, that she did, and in all the all the biography uh, mess, there were roses or flowers or something. Yeah, and those are. Gold. I'll have to I'll have to take a picture of it or something and mm. send it to you. It's amazing, but. Yeah, I got to go up and meet them, and that was that was really really fantastic. You know, I I didn't I didn't know what the heck I was doing up there, but man, I was just walking around and on. She took me back to the shop, and you know they they go dumpster diving on a daily basis to get different wood and so forth. I love that. It's just yeah. so down to earth. <laughs> They've seen those videos that that they've done of Rick walking around and jumping into jumping into the big bins and things like that and pulling out bits yeah. of timber. Yeah. I love it. That's yeah. just so cool. Well, it's a great. It's it's an inspiration for me because I I don't know. Part of me is kind of like I don't need to go out and 
chop down a tree, mm. wait 20 years for it to dry out, you know, just because it's a specific wood. I want to use stuff that has a story behind it. I want to use some stuff that's already been used for something else. For example, a guy came over uh, a couple weeks ago over Thanksgiving. He's been a uh, worship arts leader at this church for 18 years, and they tore the church down to build a new one. So he came over here with one of the old pews and wants me to build a guitar out of the, one of the old pews so that he can play it every Sunday, you know? Oh, so wow. it's That's cool. That's, yeah. that's so it's, yeah. having it, building a guitar that has a story behind it. That's just, um, that's, that's, that's a wonderful thing. That's absolutely brilliant. So who, who do you think would be, I suppose we've spoken about a few of them already, but who do you think are your biggest inspirations as far as building guitars? Um, well, Paul Roney is the one that I started listening to his Luthier's podcast when I first started. And, you know, he had like the, he like the, the basics of how to set up a nut, how to set up action. They talked about that on there and, and he had a lot of like how to stuff that yeah. they kind of touched upon and then eventually Sully came along and uh, I started following his stuff and he's, he's got Steve and, and Nikki. I mean, he's got some big names buying his guitars right now, which is awesome. I mean, you saw he's uh, on the cover of, um, he's on the cover of guitar player. Yeah, I saw that. The guitar, yeah, the, not him, but the, but the guitars on the, on the cover. That's just, yeah. Yeah. Incredible. And then I think there may be, um, there's, like one of our reality shows over here it's uh can't remember what it's called fast and loud or something like it's a, it's a car show but yeah. um they they had a concert down there with buck cherry and the guy that bought sully's guitar but that it might actually be on tv pretty soon here oh that'd be awesome uh doug doug cower paul worked for doug cower for a while or with him yeah and uh you know, I love Cowers stuff. He, uh, they have that, they have that booth where they uh, do UV cure, yeah, uh, lacquer and and poly stuff, and that's pretty sweet. But yeah. uh, Doug's Doug's been one of my probably one of my very big inspirations. I remember looking probably about it might be four or five years ago. There was one of the like the English Guitarist magazine, and they have the the hundred. Hundred great guitars or something like that, and I think they had um, they had a yellow um, dayliner or, or th- one of his guitars, and it's kind of that offset, slightly kind of jag style guitar, but it had the zigzag. You know how he does the 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 um, the the dot inlays on the neck look like a Z or a Z. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and, and that's kind of one of my. I, I looked at that guitar, and I just that I kept going back to that guitar over and over. And now I I do my dot inlays on on all my upper level guitars. They're all in that Z as kind of. A, I started doing that, and I and I started doing it, and I went, who who? I've seen that before. Who did I say that before? Because I hadn't read the magazine. Yeah. Like the magazine's sitting in a pile of you know pile of magazines, and I. And it clicked one day when I saw it, when I started following him on Instagram, and I went, oh, that's where I've seen that from. So, yeah. yeah. So he's he's um, he's been a big influence on me too, definitely. I just, I love, love what he does. And yeah. the Titans are cool. We were talking about Cindy and Rick, of course. Oh. And uh, there's, a, there's a guy that I met down at the Ohio Guitar Show here in Ohio. His name Cliff Spruill. Um, yes, he, he does a lot of um, he does a lot of reclaimed wood. Like that's he has a bunch of wood pallets that he's built for his backdrop where he hangs his guitars on when he goes into shows and stuff. Yep. So he he's he he came up um, he came up at one of the shows and he looked at my stuff and he was like. Man, you gotta start coming to more shows. You need to start getting this stuff out here. I love what you're doing, and oh, I. Oh, that's so I mean, cool. He's yeah, and when you you go to some of these shows, you you expect these guys to be like, yeah, get off my cloud. You know what I mean? This is my deal. But everybody's so encouraging and and uh, open to different ideas and to help out. You know, and um, there's a guy up in Port Clinton. His name is Denny Cop. 
he builds cop archons. Um, I mean, they go for like 10 to 15 grand a pop. I mean, they're just unbelievable jazz box guitars. Um, and then Chase Gullet down in Ohio. He's down in Columbus, too. He, Is that Chasing yeah. Vintage? Chasing Vintage, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of these guys I hear about and I I I, I get onto from the po- a lot of the podcasts that I've been listening to, and yeah. yeah, so he's another one that I know. I love what he's doing. Yeah, I got I got uh, to meet him down at one of the shows, and and he's he's another like huge help. And you know, I went down to his shop and got to hang out with him, and for just a brief moment, I was I was kind of in between things, but he's he said, "Come on down, man." I'll I'll help you with the, the finishing aspect because he does he's one of those Stumac buffing machines. That, yeah. Um, oh just, yeah, that uh, that with the big the, the big rings or whatever they are the the, the yeah the, yeah the buffing stand yeah 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 oh yeah the thing about Chase though is oftentimes what you do before you finish is you use pore filler and grain filler yeah to level out your surface. Chase doesn't do that. He puts 20, 23 layers of lacquer on. Yeah. And he, he waits for that lacquer to build all up. So it's, I, I heard that just recently and I was like, man, that is. That's dedication. That's, that's a lot of patience, man. <laughs> <laughs> I totally agree. <laughs> so, all right, here's one of the big questions, I suppose. Where do you see yourself in five years? Uh, probably right here. I, I I'm I'm not I'm not real aspirational at this point of pushing the stuff out there. I'd like to have more clients. You know what I mean. I would like to have my stuff a lot more stuff out there. But yeah. um, I like I said, I'm not rich. Um, I'm not looking to you know get too crazy with this. But I mean, if an opportunity like that comes along, mm. I'd probably jump on it with both feet. So. Because you're, because you're a teacher, are you yeah. high school? Yeah, uh, middle school, elementary, middle school, and high school. Right. So, you know, and that's, and I think that's 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 one of the things that I've that that, that I've found I found very very difficult. In, it was balancing being a teacher because I was a primary school teacher. Um, mm. Well, I am a primary school teacher, but um, I've I've found balancing my business and teaching has just been almost impossible so I've kind of put myself in a situation now where I've got to um, I've had to concentrate on one or the other and I've I suppose taken the the big step of, of stepping back from teaching a bit so that I can concentrate you know more on this myself so I it's I, I think a lot of people don't actually realise when you when you do these instruments, when you build these instruments, it becomes a part of your blood, and it yeah. you know they 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 become a part of they become a part of you in a way. And I think we're at a stage with our building, which is different to you know the big companies like you know um, you know for example, I think like Chapman and you know a lot of those companies like that where you know like Fender and Gibson where there's I don't know. It's it. It seems to be that there's you put your blood, sweat, and tears into every single guitar. And you know, when I saw that that picture on Instagram that you had of the uh, of the neck, uh, where you had the break up the neck, and that, oh. and that beautiful piece of timber's gone, and it's just it's gut wrenching. It's absolutely gut wrenching when something like that happens. Whereas you know, if it's someone on an assembly line, I was oh well, that's no good. Just chuck that, and we'll go and we'll grab the next bit of wood. But with you, yeah. it's it's been found, it's been reclaimed, it's been it's been shaped into a into a you know it's hours of work have probably gone into crafting that piece of timber to get it to where it broke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I you feel like, it. <laughs> luck, luckily, it's it, it was you know just like a piece for my inventory. It wasn't like you know a customer's yeah piece anything like that. But yeah, that's that's happened. I have a. I had a, a piece I was working on, and and uh, it got commissioned last January, and I delivered it in June. Yeah, and uh, that's a pretty good the, that's a pretty good um, turnover on on a, on an electric. A, well, considering you're a full time teacher, 
Yeah. Yes. It's insane. <laughs> yes, it is. Like for an electric, you know, um, I just spent, I mean, you know, I, I, I built that Noizu, the, the Noizu guitar, which was a, which is a prototype for the next step going forward. And, um, yep. one of the things I wanted to do was, uh, I'm using, um, 30 mil, 30 mil in industrial ply for the bodies. Because that's what Tisco and uh, and Kawai and all those Japanese companies of the six sixties that most of those companies use that material, and um, it's incredible, incredibly resonant. It's like it's, but you know, you'll have a, you'll have a timber snob look at that and say, huh? <laughs> you know, yeah, right. why are you building yeah. it out of that? Well, firstly, it's, it's yeah, you know, and it's <laughs> it's it's one of those funny things where it's although the material itself is relatively inexpensive it's actually intensely strong it's incredibly mm-hmm. strong material it's also really very a re- really resonant kind of kind of material but that's what they're going for isn't it well, and that's <laughs> it however the timber that i used on the neck was all the str- all all tassie blackwood and Ooh. like it's a real like t- tasmanian blackwood it's just such a beautiful beautiful timber and i find the juxtaposition that kind of that clash of the of the the purely industrial and um, and uh, and pragmatic kind of material like ply, and then mixing it in with uh, like a, an absolutely gorgeous timber like blackwood, I, th- I find it hilarious. I th- you know, it's one of those funny things. You know, because the, the, there was a couple of, couple of young jazz players at the at a festival I did recently, and they said to me, "I said, what's the timber in the neck?" They loved it. Like, and I, I do a big chunky neck. This was a prototype, so I did the, a big chunky baseball neck for me because I right. love I love yeah. a really big thick neck. And um, and and the kids are looking at it and they go, oh, "What's the body made of?" And it's like it's ply, guys. What? <laughs> And they were bringing like every time I plug a guitar in, I've always got crunch or distortion. Although I'm either playing some blues or I'm playing like getting some metal tones out of it or something like that. I always go that slightly heavier end, you know. Yeah. Whereas these kids, they just they complete. They went up to the amp, they just toggled and they moved and they were played around with the with the vol with the volume on the guitar and the tone on the guitar, and they got the most beautiful jazz tones out of. Um, Mm. Out of this beautiful little pickup. Um, if you want to try a really funky pickup, um, there's a, a company that I use. It's um, a guy named Wade Costenbader. Um, I'm trying to chat to Wade. He's a bit shy. He doesn't want to chat on the podcast. I'm trying to get him to come onto the podcast. So big shout out to Wade Costenbader. Uh, he has yeah. a company called Victory Pickups, and they're a um, a gold foil reproduction. And oh, he, there you go. Yeah, and he stamps everything himself. He hand winds everything himself. And they're just... But to get the tone, like I always have that hard rock and bluesy kind of tone, a little bit of that, you know, that Malcolm Young kind of sound, that ACDC mm. sound I can get out of it. You know, you can do that type of tone. But then these kids, they played with it and played with the guitar and the volume and, the, and they were getting the most beautiful, chimey... Clean tones, clean bell-like tones out of it. it. But even with just a just a little hint of overdrive, just that little, just that, was that yeah. you know, oh, it was just, it was tangible. You could feel it. You know, it, it was just one of those funny things. And uh, and I think um, definitely, if you get a chance, give give um, give that a give that a try. Um, all right. Well, I've got my final two questions for you. Yeah, we're kind of hit, hitting the hitting the time period now. Uh, yeah. Once again, apologies for the for the stuff up at the beginning. I I do apologise for uh, no worries for the for the issues there with the um, with the recording. I do apologise for that. Um, all right, so here's the two questions. Um, what's your secret weapon? <laughs> yeah, secret weapon. I I don't know if I have one, and if I did, it wouldn't be a secret if I told you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Now remember, this podcast is about sharing ideas. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. I, you know, you, you gave me this question before, and I sat around and I thought about it. And the only thing that I could think of is my router. Yeah. Because that's that's what I, that's what I, that's how I shape. The, that's how I get the the neck shape. That's how I get the body shape. Everything after that is, you know, um, sanding. Yeah. You know, but. Uh, you know, use use the router to get your shape of your body. Use your router to, to you know, 
route out your pickups and your neck pocket, your control plate, you know, hole. And I mean, that's, if I didn't have that thing, I, I, I wouldn't be worth anything. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, that's the one I think it's, yeah, I think yeah. that's a, that's a, yeah, I think this day and age, um, you know, it, it definitely, it, it speeds things up. It, it, you know, but it's only as accurate, I suppose, as your template too. Right. And, and the, the one thing, the, the biggest nightmare I had this year with that thing, well, I had, I had several, but the, the one from a production standpoint is, um, I, I use the masking tape super glue trick, you know, the yes. guitar guys do that all the time. So, yep. Uh, right before I started using that, I was using this double-sided duct tape that creeps mm. if you're if you're not careful, and it creeped just enough that the router jumped up and, out of this pickup route and totally tore a hole right into the neck pocket. Oh. And you know, like you said, you, you put your your blood, sweat, and tears into this stuff, yeah. and so I had to. I had to totally, totally start this customer's order from over from scratch, oh. and I was probably two months into Oof. it. So, oh, it's gut wrenching, isn't it? Well, I it was, <laughs> yeah, it, it was terrible. Oh. But uh, there's no, there's I, no, there's no bodging that up. There's no patching that, is there? Well, um, I I tried. Um, <laughs> You know, the, the great thing about that particular fix is you can put a pick guard over top of it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, but, um, agreed. <laughs> yeah, it was that, it was Dave Harps. He's a, he's a musician up in Toledo and he yeah. commissioned it in January and uh, along with another gentleman. So I actually had two commissions that I delivered in six months time this past year, but it was just, it was nuts absolutely insane so that's cool that's yeah cool. so here's the last question and the the thing is when i when i ask this last question i never prep for this last question because i like this one to be a little bit spontaneous mm-hmm. what's your top tip for beginners top tip for beginners yep well i i probably should start practicing what i preach but um <laughs> don't try to nickel and dime on tools your your tools are your tools are your life and you need those to do a good job don't try to use uh, like for example nut nut files you know I, I bought a bunch of cheap files trying to fix fix a nut earlier on and and I ended up ruining, I don't, I don't know how many nuts trying to get it right. And, uh, you know, I'm finally going to bite the bullet and, and spend a bunch of money on some proper nut files, you know, and, um, it, you don't, don't try to, to shortcut anything, you know? Yeah. That, that's yeah. my biggest, you know, and, and like I said, I'm, I'm guilty of it. We all try to like, you know, do something quick and and easy, and sometimes it works. Sometimes, you know. I think I don't know, man. I I, I think to me, it's um, it's prioritizing, and sometimes yeah. it's the it's prioritizing. You know, at at the moment, I'm I'm in a similar situation to you because I, I, I at the moment I have um, I've got that three set of of fret files. You know, the 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 three different colored handles, and they've got the the two different sizes on on both sides. Yeah. Um, and they work and they're okay but I know that there's better ones out there but the better ones I think cost better like the better part of you know 100 and upwards of $150 I think something like that to land it in Australia with postage and everything from Stu Mac and it's just the, it's, it is a bit crazy the prices and things like that and I'm looking at 150 at the moment I'm thinking well like really with 150 I could get myself like a um, uh, I'm looking at the moment at getting a, a what are those jigs? You know the uh, the jigsaw. Um, yeah. Oh, what's it called? Like a bandsaw. No, it's got the fine blade that goes up and down, up and down. You can do really fine, intricate, like cutting. Oh, yeah, scroll saw. Yes, I think that's it. Yeah, yeah. and so I'm I'm currently looking at looking at get it, doing that, getting getting one of those. But I know, you know, 
I think you only ever have a certain amount of money, you know, when you're in this situation. You're not a millionaire. So you've got to pick and choose which which tools. And sometimes it's a question of what you need and what you want, and sometimes Mm -hmm. what you want (laughs) wins out over what you actually really need. So I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nut, nut, um, nut files are those things that you need but don't always want because you want the exciting tools sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I, I ended up, I ended up scoring uh, the Stumac uh, miter saw with the Japanese saw, and you get the the template for the finger bird. And yeah. That thing is, that thing is awesome. Yeah. You know, but. You know, I, I, I sit there and I price out fingerboards and I price out lumber for a neck. And I'm like, man, for $16, I can get a fingerboard pre-slotted and pre-cut. And all I have to do is glue it on my neck. Yeah. And, and to to get a, a fingerboard blank that's not cut, that's not, that's not pre-shaped, it's 13 bucks. So for an extra 3 bucks. I could have saved like 250 bucks with this Japanese fret saw micro box deal. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, see, I'm, I'm, I'm completely self-taught. You know, apart from using the internet and watching what people do and applying that to the way I do things. And yeah. one of the things that I, being a cigar box guitar builder, predominantly, like I built a few electric guitars before I got into cigar box guitars, but I just fell in love with cigar box guitars. But one of the things that that cigar box guitar builders use and one of the biggest and the most important tools we actually have is the T-square because the majority of cigar box guitar necks even up up to a four string neck is straight there's no taper there's no 42 inch nut up to a 52 you know or anything like that there's nothing it's usually they're 100% straight so so using your fret saw along the T-square to get that 90 degree from the side of the neck that's something that we that we all tend to do, and I've applied that using an adjustable. Here, I'm in the workshop at the moment. I got one of these Trojan, these adjustable set squares, where what I do is I run I run the block up the neck, and then find the angle of the nut, lock that into position, and then I actually saw along that. And it works go. perfectly, <laughs> yeah. you know. And that's that's just coming from, that's just a little trick coming from from, you know, building cigar box guitars. So I yeah. approach electric guitar building in a very similar way. And I, I think my methods have kind of blended, personally. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, it's. I know what you're saying, mate. I've had a ball. It's been so good oh. talking to you. This is great, man. We—it's too bad you're not down the road. We can get together and actually do some damage. Well, mate, stay in contact, all right? Because it's—it's it's the the wonderful thing about about you know about technology is that it's you know obviously it's you know people all around the world are able yeah. to you know to 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 talk and to chat and and stay in contact and uh, and do that. It's uh, it's been awesome talking to you, mate. And it's funny, you know, all of the different people that you know. So Tom Holden from Tom's Flippin' Guitars, otherwise known as Guterman. <laughs> thank you so much, mate. It's been awesome talking to you, and thank you for um, thank you for, for for joining joining me on the uh, handcrafted guitar builder. Well, thank you very much, Adam. I appreciate the uh, appreciate the invite, and it just blows my mind how we've connected halfway across the the globe from one another. This is this has been a lot of fun, man. Happy so, happy days, man. All right, I'm, I'll do the sign off, and I'll, uh, I'll I'll keep you on the line, mate. I'll just do the uh, I'll just do the sign off. All right. All right. Once again, thank you to um, to Tom Holden from Tom's Flipping Guitars for joining me and us on um, on the uh, handcrafted guitar builder. I keep going to say cigar box guitar builder podcast, but it's not. It's <laughs> so if that's if anyone's been confused by the changeover, please I do apologise, but I, I think this. You know, by talking to Tom today, this is really solidified in my mind that this was the that this was the uh, the right move. Um, if anyone out there knows any cool builders that they really love that deserve recognition, that you know aren't flying up there in the echelons of Fenders and the Gibsons, but definitely need a call out like Tom, 
um, get in contact with me and let me know who they are because I'm always interested in finding new builders, finding builders like yourselves out there who are handcrafting their own guitars. Get in contact. Uh, you can contact me at um, a few places. You can contact me, obviously, at Adam Harrison uh, on Instagram. Uh, yeah, try that again. On um, on Facebook, Adam K. Harrison on Facebook. Uh, you can also find me at Birdwood uh, Guitars, and you can also find me at Retro Electric Guitars. Just type any ones of those in, and you'll find me somewhere. Otherwise, join the group, the Handcrafted Guitar Builder group on Facebook, and uh, leave questions there, leave messages there, leave me tips there for people you want me to talk to. Um, have a great day, have a great evening, wherever you are, whenever you are. Catch you later. Bye.